the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Soapy will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. It is tremendous. It's a wonderful honor that you would let us be a part of your evening. And uh, we uh, really appreciate it very much. We're going to continue our way through the scriptures as we do every year. We make our way through the entire Bible, uh, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible every year uh, here on the Bible Live broadcast. That we, don't, we don't broadcast on the radio anymore, the, the scriptures. We have those on a website that you, we invite you to go to thebiblelive.com thebiblelive.com, and you can hear, uh, uh, or any time you want, really. Uh, that's the advantage, I guess, of the of the Internet. You can go to it any time you want. <clears throat> but, but every weekday, Monday through Friday, we have a 15 to 20-minute reading there on the website. Plus, you can find on the website uh, where it says our podcast, I believe, under mm-hmm. that section of the website. You can go and find readings from... All this past year, even as we've made our way from Genesis all the way to uh, we're we're now in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, we have gone uh, in the Tanakh. We have finished up the book of Jeremiah. Uh, We read the entire book of Lamentations this uh, past week. And we read, I think. um, Yeah, I think we read uh, three nights. We read the first uh, chapters up to maybe chapter 11 yeah 13, chapter I believe 13 oh yeah we read the entire book of hebrews mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the new testament so uh we're going to focus uh, tonight on the book of hebrews in the new testament uh we'll finish we read the entire book this past week so we'll be commenting it's an amazing it, it is truly i i i'm kind of wondering stacy mm-hmm. uh my daughter stacy is here with me i think maybe Hebrews has become my favorite <laughs> You book. say that about every book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it is amazing. But, it, uh, wow, I just, as I've read through it this week and looked yeah. through it and studied, I, I, I kind of myself have made a little bit of a discovery, I think, that has given me a, a really a good jolt of joy uh, <laughs> to finally have, a, at least in my own heart and mind, a an answer in the Bible when it said that God rested. Remember in the creation account in in Genesis, God rested from the creative works. On the seventh day, he rested. Uh, I've got a little thought about that, and uh, I would welcome any of our listeners that would like to be a part of the program this evening. We're going to put out some questions for you to, to answer if you here would like to, and we're going to give away some prizes uh, so a set of these books of the Bible is called the War, the Warfighters Study Bible, and it's uh, put out by the American Bible Society, and it's a great study Bible. It's got some wonderful notes and dates and maps and and uh, commentaries on it that'll be very very helpful. So uh, we're going to offer that this evening as well to some listener who would like to call in and put with that. <clears throat> But the one the, the question I want to put out first this evening is I would like to get any of you who would like to to call in and Bible means when it said God rested uh, from the creative 
works, you know, that he rested. Now, that is a principal theme in the book of Hebrews, believe it or not. God rested from his uh, work and creation, and it is used as a... uh, Mm, it's an, a backdrop or an explanation for the idea that God has created a rest for his people and that we we should enter into our rest as God's people. So I want to get from you, what does it mean when it says that, that God rested on the seventh day? Uh, I'd love to hear what you, what you think it meant, uh, an insight that you might have. I've, I've got another, another thought. If you'd like to call in this evening, our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. Now, we read uh, the final chapters, uh, 51 and 52 of the book of Jeremiah, and then we read the entire book of Lamentations in two nights, uh, uh, Monday and Tuesday night. And uh, then we read, uh, Stacy, what, maybe we should finalize, finish up whatever thoughts we want to about the book of Jeremiah. We spent, what, two, two weeks reading through it, and we've commented on it very uh, extensively. Experiences, his calling to ministry, um, and the particular era that he exercised his ministry in mm-hmm. those 40 years leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple and mm-hmm. uh, so on. Um, it, 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 he, um, so I don't know if there's much more we could add to it. I guess the final scene or the, not, not really the final thing. He was kidnapped and taken by Evelyn and he was forced by force taken down into Egypt, where it is thought that that's where he probably died there, his ministry having ended there with the destruction of that. We read about that in the final chapters. And we also read about the last king of Israel. Uh, his name was Zedekiah uh, in, the, uh, in the lineage of David, the king, that, uh, and, and we mentioned this in chapter 52, um, maybe Gaia ever saw. Oh, yeah, that's a sad <laughs> it's a, one. It's a sad question. <laughs> <That's> a <yeah>. little, mm. <clears throat> what was the last thing that the last king of Israel mm. ever saw? And you can find the answer in chapter 52, the last chapter of the book, verses 10 and 11. So uh, you can answer that question if you'd like tonight as well. And uh, let's see if there's anything. Israel was conquered. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. All the national treasures were taken away by to Babylon and, and taken from them. Uh, thousands of Jewish leaders were killed or, t- or taken captive and exiled into Babylon. And many thousands siege a little over a year. Some people say that the siege lasted for 30 months. I it, it maybe in one form or another, I'm not sure what, but uh, I know at least it, it was at least a year to 13 months for sure, the final uh, phase of the siege. <clears throat> so with all of those terrible things that happened, you would wonder uh, why Jeremiah's successful ministry, right. that he was successful. I mean, it's like uh, it, it's like the pa- pastor who takes over a church and and w- overlooks its demise. You know, it <laughs> finally, you know, the uh, folks in it, the church yeah. actually ends. Well, here we have, in a sense, Jeremiah's church was destroyed and over with and judged and mm-hmm. and but but Jeremiah is still revered and seen as one of the. <clears throat> most successful of the prophets. Mm-hmm. And so give me a thought about that as to why would he, why would Jeremiah be considered all of those losses, all of those uh, negative things that came out of it? Go ahead. Oh, am I supposed yeah, to Yeah, I'm not going to put that out there. I thought we were throwing that out there. To... I know you can h- explain that. Oh, well, well, sure. Well, I mean, I, uh, I mean, his faithfulness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about that yeah, we last did. week. And uh, he couldn't help it. There's that verse, that Jeremiah 29, yeah. 20, verse 9 that we had talked about. He, I, there's a fire in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And you get the sense that 
Sometimes he didn't necessarily want to be faithful, but he couldn't help himself. (laughs) It's just a testament to his close, deep relationship with his creator, um, that, that God was absolutely at work in him and that Jeremiah was... Uh, was was going to do what he was interesting is yeah I mean you almost wonder if Jeremiah even felt as if he was faithful especially when he ended up in Egypt kidnapped you know he, he must yeah. have uh, that might not have felt uh, he, he might have felt quite a success um, yeah. but that the uh, that it's not our call even I agree 100% that it was his faithfulness of course his faithfulness was based on God's faithfulness. Right. God was faithful to him right. and to his message and to everything he had called him. And, and Jeremiah trusted God and in spite of all of the persecution, in spite of the threats against his life mm-hmm. and the, the assassination attempts on him and so on, uh, the insults and all the different hardships he endured. Right, and he was also... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one way he's a success is he was very much vindicated in terms of what he told them would happen. And, yeah. and it did. I'm sure nobody enjoyed that. I mean, I'm sure he didn't. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe he would wish he wouldn't. Hadn't <laughs> exactly. been right. But, right. but there is one thing that I think is kind of interesting in those final chapters as well. Jeremiah was given the opportunity to opt out. He uh, mm-hmm. he was. He was actually admired and respected by probably had something to do with the presence of Daniel and the other believing Jewish people who had been taken to to Babylon. Uh, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, Nebuchadnezzar did was ministered to and did see the power of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a certain reverence and respect for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and for the God of Israel and. And for Jeremiah, this prophet who had told him, you know, you give in to to your punishment, yeah. your judgment from the Lord, your your discipline, give in to Babylon, don't resist, listen to him. And, and of course, it was destroyed. But he, before he was kidnapped into Egypt, he was told by the captain of the, the leader of the, the troops, uh, the Babylonian army, that you you are welcome to come with us. You can go back to Babylon with us. You will be treated. You will be received as a guest of honor. You'll be taken care of. Uh, and, you know, so he right. was given a chance to. Yeah. You almost wonder why, why, <clears throat> why, why didn't he? <laughs> it is about Moses is that he chose to be, uh, he chose to be identified with the people of Israel and with mm. their God. He chose that over uh being a part of the royalty in the Egyptian palace. Sure. He, he chose mm-hmm. to be. And, and I kind of see Jeremiah evidently chose mm. to be part of God's mm. people and, and part. I, I know it's a little tough because yeah, they, uh, they didn't really want him. Right, <laughs> nor at that point would they have been necessarily <clears throat> acting as God's people. Then they they repaid him by kidnapping yeah. him and taking him to to Egypt. Maybe they thought they were doing him a favor. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that, that's what we uh, success. And uh, and then what happened to the king? We wanted to know what was the last thing, the final king, Zedekiah, the final king of Israel. What was the last thing he ever witnessed in chapter 52? And if you'd like to. I wit- <clears throat> the last thing he ever I witnessed, let's say. <laughs> The oh. last thing he ever eyewitnessed. Oh, yeah, that it, <laughs> just, yeah, just, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess he ever saw. There, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, then we came to the book of Lamentations. I'm sorry, I've got a little frog in my throat here. <clears throat> Excuse me. By Jeremiah. It's a book of grieving, uh, of sadness, grieving the, the destruction of, Israel, of uh, Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, the slaughter of thousands and thousands of uh, men and women and children uh, there in the so it's a book of grieving and, and just just as the book of Job is a book about suffering and grieving and sadness uh, on a personal level because we 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 identify with this individual the terrible struggle he went through and the experiences the losses that he experienced individual suffering 
Now, the book of Lamentation is a book that that explores national suffering on a national on a on, on a corporate yeah. or societal level, yes. <clears throat> and the whole nation is, is essentially destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sacrificial system is totally wiped out and ends there with <clears throat> with the destruction of the temple there. <clears throat> The people are skit lamentations. I, I don't know what else we might say about the book. Uh, it, of course, it continues with the condemnation of the false prophets and the corrupted priests of the time. Remember, this this came at the end of a very corrupt variable of Egypt. Um, the king tore up Jeremiah's messages and put them in the fire and and so on. But it's it's so interesting that even in talking about Grieving and about lamentation, you have this beautiful passage: "The unfailing love of the Lord never ends; by His mercies, we have been uh, kept from come from the book of lamentations." So, um, I, I don't know what more we might want to say about the book of lamentations. Well, I do. I like the, uh, in chapter four, verse thirteen, and kind of gets a little bit more into the heart of why it happened because of the sins of her prophets and priests. Who defiled the city by shedding innocent blood, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's just a, a good warning, really. To, yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, the shedding of innocent. Their influence for the way they lead mm-hmm. <clears throat> the people, the, the pastors of our time, and other spiritual leaders, and other societal leaders, uh, even athletes and mm-hmm. people of prominence and of influence, will be held responsible right. for. Of the influence that they have exerted, and it uh, is also, and it mm-hmm. does bring into. Um, it doesn't just say as bring in. There's, there, you know, there's a whole. What is, what is innocent then, mm-hmm. and so that brings out um, wisdom. I mean, a people that that needs. We need wisdom to enact justice. That's right. And um, and so wisdom and how to even go about justice. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of wisdom um, in a justice system and in a people and in their leadership. Exactly right. And, and, and of course, I guess Lamentations has something mm-hmm. whom the Lord loves. He disciplines, you mm-hmm. know, his children. Mm-hmm. And... Um, to a certain extent, I guess there's some that in the New Testament we're told to rejoice in a sense right. when God disciplines us and chastises us because it means he loves us, yeah. that he's committed to us. Right. So maybe that would be something that we could glean as well from the book of Lemon. Those, those passages about God's faithfulness, his love is, is renewed every day. Uh, the, the great hymn that we all know about. So, yeah. well, Jeremiah and Lamentations, let's leave them behind. Let's, let's, enter, let's introduce its background and what we can say about it. It is a little bit, um, hmm, it's a little bit unsettled in a sense. The authorship of the book of Hebrews is, has been uh, debated for many centuries. Uh, it was considered at one time to... Uh, most of the great consensus was on the apostle a bit uh, because it never mentions. Right. Now, Paul was pretty consistent in his other letters that he wrote. He was fairly consistent in identifying himself as the author in each case. <laughs> <clears throat> the author of the book of Hebrews. And over the centuries now, I think in the last uh, in this last period of time, I don't know how many years, the consensus about the authorship of the book of Hebrews has shifted a little bit <clears throat> away from Paul to Apollos, this believer, this Greek believer from the city of Alexandria, who was prominent in the book of Acts. And he and this mentioned in the book of Acts in Corinth with Aquila and Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it has shifted a bit. Many think that the most likely uh, candidate for authorship of the book of Hebrews may now be uh, Apollos. Apollos, yeah. Uh, and the language in the book of Hebrews, the Greek that is used, is a very refined, uh, excellent Spanish. Uh, I'm Spanish. <laughs> Greek. Going back to my own understanding. Yeah, that's right. yeah uh, I speak Spanish pretty well, but I don't speak just part of it. Yeah. And so uh, this. Apollo, this verbiage in the book of Hebrews seems to be that. Plus, there were certain uh, certain specific characteristics of the Alexandrian Greek uh, that, you know, 
from some other state who have a d- distinct accent or terminologies. Mm-hmm. So it is thought it shifted a bit to Apollos, but uh, we don't know for sure. The date of the writing is somewhere before 70 A.D. because the the um, is it Titus or Timothy? I forget which one, but his. He is spoken of as still being alive, so it was during his lifetime still, right. and we think we know when he died, and so the date is um, it, it, the, about that that was the writing of um, the book of Hebrews. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find out where that um, uh, in AD uh, 95 or 96. So it must have been circulation for some time prior to that. Um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, A young pastor, Timothy, had not been, uh, had been, had not died, had not yet died, and and had been released from prison. So we know a date, approximate date for the mid-60s, earlier mid-60s. Uh, anything else we want to write about? Maybe you can give us a little thought about the overall theme of the book, Stace. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, just you've been saying uh, the Greek uh, writing history of it. I mean, Alexandria and, and Greece, and that would not have been, that was in between the time from Jeremiah and Lamentations to this Hebrews. There was yeah. not much, you know, we think of that as so ancient as, <laughs> and as so, you know, Greece or more modern language. And, um, and you just, it's it's neat to see this type of writing and you can see the impact of kind of the philosophy and the Greek philosophy and Hebrews very much bringing kind of a culminator in this book. And to, Greek was the common language of the of that time. became the common right. language of the empire mm-hmm. under Alexander, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and so it was. Uh, it was. You're right. It was kind of the modern. Right. It would have been of their own languages, but English is kind of the the language of commerce and yes. so on. Science and you kind and so of on. get that. So the book of <clears throat> Hebrews, in a way, is you know the big major theme is all, all of these. Um, prophets and priests are, that lead up. You kind of get that sense that yes. even in the language that's used here in Hebrews, there's a culmination sense. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more in depth about uh, Hebrews talks about the superior prophets, mm-hmm. superior to Moses, superior to the priesthood, right. uh, the, how everything pointed Points. to the Messiah, that he is the culmination of everything. And it's a fabulous book, and we'll we'll get back to it when we come back from this first break now. We're going to Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Be sure to give us a call if you'd like, and uh, we'll figure out a way maybe to make you a winner. One of our wonderful prizes that we can give to you this evening. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Stan Shelton with Office Three Children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call God loves us and accepts us just the way we are. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. I've all, I think that's a Lewis in authority. You know him almost as well as I do. He's just my honorary dad. He's your He's honorary, honorary grandfather. grandfather. Yeah. So anyway, God loves us and accepts us yeah. just the way we are. 
but he loves us too much to leave us that way. It's, I like that. I like that very, very much. It's not just about justification. We're delivered from the penalty of sin. Very power, the influence of sin in, over our lives. And that's an exciting truth. And someday, glorification, we will be delivered from the very presence of sin. Uh, that's a great, great truth. Well, uh, we have our phone lines open. I can ask the question. Uh, okay. One of the questions we asked was what, Stacy? I'm trying to remember. Um, what was the last thing? This is from yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah, we were but... talking about Jeremiah, the last king of uh, Israel. The, uh, there was Zedekiah, and emphasized the idea of uh, witness. Eyewitness. Eyewitness. Okay, yeah, a little bit of a hint there, maybe. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe our caller is going to now answer that question for us. And, and you had, uh, yeah, you had also asked about what the seventh day of creation and resting yes. meant. I think you know exactly is labor or from from creation. Mm-hmm. Kind of interested in what how people interpret that and what. what in a way that it's come to mean to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been struggling with that for 65 years as a believer. I mean, there, I, I'm and I that. and I think there was a kind of a maybe a little bit of a superficial or a, a, a kind of a more less not so deep understanding. He rested that he was tired, you know, so he <laughs> he panted and said, "Well, I'm tired. Well, I'm resting now." Uh, so it wouldn't mean that, but uh, I, I kind of gained a little bit of insight from the book of Hebrews this week because it talks extensively about this idea resting from his uh, creative uh, creation uh, works, but also that he a rest for us. He has created a rest for his people to enter into a, a state of resting from our labors and struggles to to find him or whatever. I have also another added. Once we do talk about that. Hey, this is Robert. How you doing, Robert? Hi, Robert. Hi, uh, this is Robert. Uh, yeah. Welcome to you. Nice to uh, talk to you. Uh, I contemplated that quite a bit. Uh, good. I hope you can. I hope you can hear me. Uh, yeah, I contemplated coming, it a little. Coming through very good. Okay, Robert. You sure? Yeah, I, I love your wow. voice. It's a good deep voice. You're you're sounding really good. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I ran into this man, Philip. He came to one of our services, and uh, he was Muslims of uh, the faith. Uh-huh. And uh, he says one of the things we run into is sometimes the Muslims come at us and say, uh, Allah doesn't have to rest. You're the God of the Christians and Jews. He has to rest. And he, and uh, so I began to contemplate this. And uh, I, I said, well, no, he giving a lot of orders for six days, let there be light and uh, so and so, uh-huh. so forth and so on, uh, bring, bring forth vegetation. And he's, he's going around giving orders and he's saying, well, that's really not my style to go around giving orders. I'm, uh, I, I'm not a stern taskmaster. I'm a loving taskmaster. And uh, also uh, the Jews have come up with this concept that he is not like man in that they, but the king of the heavens he feeds his subjects uh, you know and uh, so it and also it gives us uh he, he he not only rested but he made it holy in other words he set it apart for a memorial so that each time we observe sabbath the seventh day yes we are we are reminding us ourselves of that we are created beings uh, are so perverted that we choose not to retain him in our knowledge, then we get away from Shabbat. So I, I believe anyone who's not uh, observing the seventh day is greatly erring uh, from the interpretation of the scriptures. But Very Anyway, I, that's, that's what I thought. Good, good. I love an idea that I want you to uh, stay with us. If yeah. you can continue to listen, yes. I'm going to present yes, an idea that I, I think is kind of satisfying. It's, it was a First time I've had it at this level. There, your thoughts are very, very helpful, Robert. Yes. Hey, would, well, you Leslie, like to, uh, would you like to receive? We have a set of books that talk about mm-hmm. the scriptures, and they yes. Consul- I'd love uh-huh. to send you one a set of those books. Would that be okay. something yes. you would enjoy? Yeah, my pastor has set up a, a library, oh, good. and uh, so it would uh, probably fit well in the in the library. We're wonderful. Well, uh, I, here's what I'm going to uh, do. I, I've got your phone number here. You gave it to John, and so I'm sure. going to call you uh, tomorrow. Sure. God bueno. understands, and I think bueno. you really enjoy them. I think they'll be a good okay. addition for your. your uh, 
as the uh, as the uh, newborn amoeba said to his mother, "Thank you for having me." <laughs> That's very good. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> That's my kind of humor. That's funny. yeah, very very good. Thanks, That'll become Robert. one of. I'm going to steal that from Robert That's and use right. that. Oh, <laughs> you didn't even get it. That makes it even better <laughs> when I get it right. Exactly. Thank you for having me. Oh, wonderful. Well, anyway, there we are. You said you wanted to say something. Do was it? Oh well, I. Uh, is it time? I don't. Maybe we'll. Um, well, okay. I with Hebrews as well. Just with the sense of the culmination and the completion. So I think I've spoken about, yeah. um, he writes for 1517. He's lost his son. Yes, yeah. he's mm-hmm. the one who lost his son recently. Um, but he's an excellent writer and just a really uh, scholar and uh, knows scripture variation. And he had um, brought this out, and I thought it was, it was really neat. And uh, But how on each of the accounts, for the first day, says that the first day it was morning, it was evening, it was the end of that day, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, so not only, of course, in scripture is it important what is said, sometimes it's actually very important. There was morning, there was evening, the first day happens with every day. There was morning, there was evening, the second day, there was morning, there was evening, the third day. And, and that kind of is the closure of that day. Mm-hmm. The only day that it does not say that is the seventh day it leaves that open and in other words the day of rest the day of rest is left kind of yes open and then so there wasn't kind of a, a completion actually <laughs> you kind of there's this sense of uh it, it not being complete all the other days there's closure and and his thought was kind of was connecting that in the tomb and he rests and then and then he rises um, on that seventh day kind of and mm-hmm. not only so that does it bring closure then to that seventh day into that creation period his his resting in the in the tomb when he raised and he rises that's the beginning of a new of a new creation of the eighth day so to speak of, huh. um, and that we can kind of come in and uh, kind of and and be a part of the new creation, the mm-hmm. new kingdom, the new. Anyway, I thought it yeah, was a really neat, just yeah. kind of, and that's In, an, inside just an interesting Makes kind you of, go, huh. oh, huh. that's wonderful, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, uh, tension here Suspense. too long about my little theory. I mean, it's not like it's that, that big a thing and it's not earth shattering, but it occurred to me as we look at the book of Hebrews in particular, mm-hmm. if you go to, um, there are certain chapters that it picks up on that theme of God, uh, God's rest, mm-hmm. and it talks about us as believers contemplating right. that and what that might mean. Um, in chapter 4, this says there's a promised rest for God's people. And as you read the book of Hebrews, I'm, I'm telling you, if you get a good, clear, modern version of the Scripture and you, you read it, uh, the New Living Translation or any of the others, the Boy, it is just so profound. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly uh, profound and deep. Suffering persecution, and they're suffering uh, martyrdom, some of them, because of their faith in Jesus. And so some of them are being tempted to go back and say, oh, well, you know, Christianity is illegal in the Roman Empire, and, and so we're, being, we're suffering if we're illegal in the Roman Empire. So let's just go back. Let's just go back to Judaism. Let's go backwards let's just we you know uh, god was there god was speaking and move back from our commitment to jesus christ and go back to just uh seeking god honor god through through the jewish system in the first place christianity to be very honest is in nothing more nothing less than judaism i mean we hmm. We we have been gra- we're the Gentiles. We have now been grafted into the people of God. Mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. you know, uh, we believe the same God, say, the yeah, same scriptures. Grafted the, into their lineage, maybe. Yeah, we're spiritual. Lineage. Spiritually, we're part of true Israel. Was mm-hmm. always people, uh, and, and then we have this people group, a nation group, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so on. And and uh, they are that is they were a type a symbol a type of we can learn great amount by seeing how they interact. The truest meaning of Israel is that it's it includes all the people of God through all time in every every culture every language every uh, country. Rest. Let me get back to that. Uh, 
I've always thought of when it says God rested, I've always thought that, well, he stopped making things. You know, in all the other days, he's created the sun, the moon, the star, the birds, the animals, and then human beings. Uh, we're Adam in the, in the garden and so on. And and so in my mind, it's all been all about. And so when I mean he was rested, that he created all the things he wanted to create. And so he finished creating things. Okay. And I think it occurred to me, though, that. God didn't just uh, the the rules, maybe the rules that govern mm-hmm. the the physical creation, mm-hmm. uh, gravity, the laws of thermodynamics, the law of inertia, all of these laws that we have discovered in scientific at the sun, the moon, the stars, and the movements of the stars and time and the Earth uh, uh, revolving around the sun and so on. Um, it, it, yes, there were things as well. Uh, there was uh, there was a process of reproduction. In the animal kingdom they had means by which to reproduce and produce young human beings. The same reproductive system. So he produced not only things, but God produced processes that were put in place that were going to function and were going to sustain life on planet Earth. I was to that he understood as he creates the human race that we're going to exist for what for him he's he's not in time and space so he's not time is not the same to him as we count time and so on so anyway god created processes but it occurs to me too though that not just biological not just physical processes but like a dr bill bright's little booklet the four spiritual laws verse mm-hmm. god created those and they were finished. The processes were complete. The processes have been working ever since, and they've sustained the planet uh, and the laws that God was putting in place. The spiritual principles that were going to guide and, and, and control and manage our... And I think, too, that he that occurred to me that, that God finished uh, creation in the sense, too, that... All of the processes were in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we're told in the book of Revelation that Jesus, uh, the Messiah, the, he, that this was the process envisioned by which men would become made right with God was because of substitutionary a- atonement mm-hmm. the, to the Father and, and, and then voluntarily gave his life. Uh, he who knew no sin became sin for us. And so in all of the sacrificial system of the Old Testament and so on, all of those were prefiguring, Mm -hmm. they were anticipating the finished real sacrifice, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist called Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And now I understand that when God rested creation, it wasn't just that he finished creating things, but he the whole process was now prepared. Our, our planet and our systems from the macrocosm to the to them were put together and completed and finished. But also, uh, even in the redemptive plan of God in the spiritual, the principles were set that uh, how man would be uh, made right with God was going to be by faith and trust in his goodness and his grace and his mercy. Uh, and it was made clear uh, that it a Messiah who would come. He promised Adam and Eve that. Uh, he told I'm going to put enmity between you. won't be an extraterrestrial. It's not going to be an animal. It's going to be a man who comes and takes and destroys the work of Satan as he's tried to interrupt God's plan for humanity to heal. He will crush your head. So anyway, the, the idea that came to me was that when it says God rested, that not only creating things, but the processes were now. And the spiritual processes as well, by which men and women became right with God, um, it was always faith. It was always trust in Him. Mm-hmm. And that's why, the, and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. In other words, that as we seek God and desire God, that God responds mm-hmm. and invites us in t- to be made right with Him. Uh, you know, just a, a, in the broad sense, the message of the gospel. That's what God has done, is to be to know him, to find, seek the Lord. And you, when you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find him. He will be found. 
So anyway, that 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 is my great great <laughs> discovery flying to me now to understand that God rested, not this that He stopped creating things, but He the whole process was now in place mm-hmm. by which men and living men and women would live on this planet and so on uh, through centuries and centuries until God the the, the guidelines and principle by which man would come into the relationship with God. And all that was present, ready ready to go and ready to be rolled and existed in God's mind and in God's understanding and in the experience of people. What do you think even that before. seventh day then was? Well, how was he to him? Was it... Uh, it I enjo- think it means enjo- just that. Been that enjoying that process? Yeah, right out over the planet, he saw his plan working, mm-hmm. functioning, um, the human race divided into two groups, those who love God and sincerely working, those who desired God and wanted God and trusted in God and longed for him, they found him mm-hmm. and it culminated in, in, in Noah and his family. But it came down eventually to where the whole, all of humanity was in rebellion and mm-hmm. he started over. And then the language thing kicked in, right. the culture groups. Right. Uh, different competing groups, so that they didn't walk. They, uh, but they fought with each other. But when a Stalin would raise up over here, a Hitler would raise up over here and oppose him. You know, and th- so that so that the human race was able to. Con- uh, and, and so that, that that principle, he had told them in the garden. He told Noah to do that after the flood. They didn't do it, and so finally God had to do it for them in the Tower of Babel. He spread them out. Finally, Christopher Columbus did it. A little bit bit of that, too. Well, there we are. Our second segment is is gone. Let's come back and maybe try to hit the book of Hebrews. Well, I will continue. Give us a call if you'd like to have a question or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. 210-anywhere. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. To Jerusalem, to the sons of men. Riding on in gentle strength. Oh, come to save your own. Come to give your life the kingdom. It's over with. Beautiful song. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I believe, I believe it's titled Hosanna. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. I was thinking it might have come from the God spell, but I'm not quite sure. That play that was written back in the, what, 60s? Is that this would be a, a later version of it, I guess, or a later group. Anyway, we are back. Michael, Michael W. Smith. Oh, is that right? How about that? We're down to our final segment, so we better get uh, hoofing it here a little bit, Stacey, if we're going to comment. We talked about its authorship. We talked about the date of the writing, perhaps. The theme, he's writing to Jewish believers primarily uh, and who are trying to back away from because of the persecution and the martyrdom and so on Mm. uh, that was against them. They're trying to back away from... uh, Christianity, in that sense, uh, uh, had not been an approved religious system. And so they were going. And what the writer tells them is that there is no redemption in the former plan. It's always been in the Messiah. Everything Mm -hmm. was always about the Messiah. And now that the Messiah has come, Mm -hmm. anything partial would not be, you you can't go back. Mm -hmm. And that leads us to a consideration, I think, in chapter 6, there's some people think that chapter six anticipates the idea of someone losing their salvation, 
It says, uh, possible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the work of God and the power of the age to come, uh, and who then turn away from God, it is themselves are nailing him to the cross again and holding him up to public shame. And, and uh, so he's dealing with this idea that we can go back, retreat from our faith in Jesus Christ and our recognition of him being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We can go back in a religious sense, practice to back to, um, you know, just trusting in the sacrifices and try and the ordinances and that some people will use that as a passage to say, well, you can see, you can lose your salvation mm. and I could see uh, how you could take it. But if you trace back uh, from chapter four, five and six, you'll see that he's developing a thought there right. and, and he is actually what this is in chapter six. It's a hypothetical Well, it would be impossible for them to come back. But the point is, and he makes it crystal clear, too, actually he makes the exact opposite point is that in Christ, we do have that security. We do have that finished work that we can enter into our rest, Mm -hmm. uh, even as God entered here. We now can enter into his rest to break about uh, God's rest, what it meant. Yeah, you you had done such a great job. I think it's true of uh, thinking beyond, well, it's true. I mean, beyond just the things of creation, but n- what each day, the implications of uh-huh. not just he created light and darkness, but all. And you get the idea then, the way that you explained it, you get the idea that all of time and eternity, with all of, uh, was encompassed in those six days. And that, and that, God even, I mean, Jesus is is even included in this. Uh-huh, the uh-huh. whole system, the work everything of that was gonna, this, yes, yeah, totally. Was, and so that that seventh day uh, means that now it begins in a way, and yeah. we rest. That's the state in which we are currently in is resting from adding anything else no. to the. Yeah, exactly. The, but we can't really give more take away, ex- except for what we were created. And designed to do, which is that is to- and a secure, confident relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, we are now living in that mm-hmm. rest, that ultimate, and, and like you were saying, the completed the, work, the completed yeah. work, uh, and with, especially with with Jesus having so prior to mm-hmm. Christ finishing it on the cross, they were living it out in anticipation of mm-hmm. His finished mm-hmm. work. And now that we have, you know, in our time and space and yeah. after Christ's work on the cross, we get to live post-resurrection yeah. in the completeness. When Jesus said it is finished, it was part of the plan of God. It was anticipated right. all through the old Hebrew scriptures. Remember, even in Genesis 3.15, I'll put enmity between you and the serpent and he will. So right. J- Jesus is anticipated and, and the Messiah's mm-hmm, predicted mm-hmm. over 300. Well, there, when Jesus said it's finished, he's saying that it is now finished in history, in mm-hmm. time. It has taken place. I've, right. I've done what has been predicted all. Right. Of course, I guess what I'm trying to say in a way is that every human being from Adam and Eve all the way to the current day of over seven um Every human being has ever lived, every one of them th- that is going to heaven, every one of them that came uh, became part of the people of God, and every, every person eventually, every person in heaven, every human being that's going to be in heaven, is there because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, Moses, right. Abraham, right. Uh, Jesus is the only Messiah, right. the only Redeemer, yeah. the only. Uh, and but the same principles governed people's response right. to God, right. and those who longed for Him and trusted in Him and longed for Him, even though they, like they were Native people, Native Americans mm-hmm. that here on this continent that probably loved God and sought God and the great spirit and they wanted peace with God. They wanted to be good and right. And they sought, and, and that's what Hebrews says that he that comes to God must believe that he exists. Even though, even they, those that God does 
accept and bring to himself, they will be in glory. Only then they'll learn his, maybe his name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll realize then that they are there because of God's redemption. So um, the, rest, the resting is, a, is a, good, a great theme, I think. We, not only God rested from his producing the human race and the processes that will sustain us through the centuries, biologically, physically, the physical loss, but also the spiritual mm-hmm. dynamic and, and processes were finishing, completed, and we've, we're living uh, as the, we're living in two worlds in a way. Now we're we're still taking. We've got one foot on planet Earth, still in those processes, and still part of that process of God as God's people. Mm-hmm. We're bearing witness to Christ. We're taking His message around the world. We're we're loving other people and helping other. We're still the people of God here on planet Earth, but citizens of of His kingdom there, and we we walk and live in a finished relationship with God, a confident, secure relationship mm-hmm. with Him, and a redeemed. I think mm-hmm. um, the our, our, we no longer have any works. Mm-hmm. We're not struggling to know. We're we're learning more about Him. We're enjoying the restful state of. At peace with mm-hmm. God and, and, and around. Although we're still growing, it doesn't mean we're not active. Right. And God is still active because He is in. in right. He's engaging us. He's being involved well, with His people. Right. He's He's observing and the I, processes. Right. And of course, and and the, it's kind of two worlds. Even you know, here and now, there's the uh, there are those that are on the road to to life and to redemption and and to glorification. And then there's those that have rejected him. And that is a part of this world's process, I guess. Well, that's part of the process. God uh created both heaven and hell, whatever whatever they either one means. He created them both. Right. And I love that. I mean, the great divorce is just a really, I think that that's (laughs) such a neat That will be the ultimate, is that there will be a separation. The great divorce of... Um, of good and evil right now. Mm-hmm. They coexist. They coexist in this world. And someday, though, we'll return to kind of that original, what God intended. Yeah. Uh, Chesterton, in orthodoxy, he has a introduction to his to it. And he talks about um, an explorer that gets on a boat and sets out to f- discover the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And he's super excited. And they go sand and they, uh, they had set out from England, right? So anyway, they uh, they see land. Trying to and, find India, right? Right, and they see land, and they land, and they hop out on the on the land, and they see the people, and they realize, oh, we're just right back in England. <laughs> and uh, Chesterton always wanted to write. Most people imagine that they are think that they're they're foolish and that they feel really silly. He said, but I actually think in that instant that they first get out on the land and, and that moment that they realize that they are actually at home, home sweet home, being both exploring and adventuring while also right at home and at peace. And he said that little moment, that's orthodoxy. It's uh, <laughs> it's the discovery of something new and exciting. And he, uh, and he said, now maybe after that moment, they felt like idiots. <laughs> but in that first initial moment, that we're home. We're, home. Yeah, yeah. we're right at home. We've gone on this major journey and all These this stuff. And, yeah. and, and, we, and there's more even to come. But we're actually right, safe, sound at home with our own language and food. Heaven will be. Maybe life. We'll be home. We'll, we'll be home. That heavenly city that. that but not bored. That we've in been any long, way. longing for. Oh, Still no, not, not in the least of boredom. And, that's right. That I want to avoid the idea. That's the part of the resting idea that I want to avoid that God, in a sense, it doesn't, God didn't rest in the sense of He. He stopped doing anything. Right. Exactly. He lay down and took a nap or went to Tahiti or something right. he, uh, with us. Uh, and through the, and we, too, mm-hmm. once we come to Christ, that doesn't end the journey. We've just begun the mm-hmm. journey, mm-hmm. the adventure of knowing him and walking with him and learning from him and, and helping others. Mm-hmm. And the theme here in the book of Hebrews, the idea of God's rest, mm-hmm. entering into his, re- his rest yes. for us as well. Right. And I also, uh, even, you know, that he talks about um, 
Jesus. I mean, being the culmination, yes. the superior to the prophets, the angels, like you were saying, of Moses to the Sabbath to other priests. There's no competition. There's no. There's. We can't compete with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> there's well, no and, trying and, and to be something. Yeah. With, there's no that will never ever be. That, and uh, that's why he says that Jesus is superior to, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, the priesthood. He's, pre- he's superior because Jesus is eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and, and so there, there's no more. It, it, the priest, the, 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 the high priest would die. And right. so they would have to have another priest. Priest would die. In, in the Day of Atonement, for example. Every other lamb to sacrifice next year or the next time you sin and so on. So all of those, all of those prefiguring truths had to be repeated over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sacrifices, the, the priesthood, the tabernacle, and then the temple and all of those things, all of those were temporary uh, lamb of God. The definitive solution that God gave to the problem of sin, Jesus, the Messiah, mm-hmm. the promised one, because there's, he is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, um, which by the way, is the same Psalm that Jesus quoted when he demonstrates and proves biblically to the the Pharisees that the Messiah is God. Mm-hmm. He he demonstrated to them his uh, my Lord said to your mm-hmm. to his Lord or something. That, right. that he quoted that. It's that passage that confirms you know the, the the deity of the of the Messiah, but priest after the order of Melchizedek because Melchizedek was not he was pre. Mosaic. Mm-hmm. This was back in the time. So it's pre-law, pre-Mosaic, pre-circumcision, pre-all of the rituals, pre-Sinai and all that. But he was a priest of, the, of God, the king of Salem, and a priest of the, of the true and living God. And we're not given any sense of his beginning or his end. Right. And those are, that made him a great example, a figure that Christ is a priest after his. Right. He had no beginning, no He is eternal. Mm-hmm. And, and so, in that sense, Jesus is the definitive, definitive solution to the problem of sin. Everything else was a figure, a, a symbol of him, mm-hmm. pointing to him, preparing us to receive him, or now looking back on him, mm-hmm. uh, understanding completely that through him, the redemptive plan of God. So it's, it is just gorgeous. And Hebrews is a book yes. that brings all of that out. It ties, even the land of Israel was a place of rest. You know, the, mm-hmm. now you don't have to wander anymore. You can live in, a, in not in tents, but now right. we can live in cities and, and have your crops and, and your own crops and grow your own crops and right. so on. So uh, it, all of those were uh, through Jesus himself. And so uh, yeah, and it's a great to, book to, mm-hmm. to, for, for any believer to read, especially, I, I would say, especially if you, if you get a good, clear version or you're willing to take the time to think through each verse. It's a thinker's book. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of think with him and understand, but it really is powerful. It's, it's extremely Christ. The By Faith chapters, mm-hmm. um, which... I've always, oh, by yeah. Faith, by faith, Noah. By faith. Abraham. Uh, by faith. Yeah. And we I, go through the, the yeah. faith list, right? right? Chapter 11. And I, and I do so love, I mean, you know, when you have such admiration for all of the, the people of Scripture or for Christians even today, and you think, how can I be a, how can I be a hero? What can I do? And it, it really is actually so simple. Um, it's it's water. You know, you see that it's that that childlike faith. Jesus even, you know, talks about how you can't come to me unless you're like these. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the children. And children, I mean, they they live by faith <laughs> so yeah. bravely every day. They don't. They know so little. And uh, <laughs> it's just that they don't know enough. They right? don't know. <laughs> Jesus wants us to have. Um, we we know really so little in the big grand scheme. Um, and but we we know we know him and we know his word and every day when we come encounter with things we we look at life through the lens of of his word through the lens of what he said and who he is in our life and we just and we we're walk, still learning and growing right? in we the walk sense by of faith yeah we won't we trusting. won't necessarily we won't know <laughs> we mm-hmm. won't know everything we uh but we can be we can have assurance of our salvation with what we're called to do i mean to walk by faith 
And someday we'll see clearly. Someday there will be a great divorce of good and evil. Someday we'll see him face to face. Um, but here in this time, just simply walk by faith. Let that completed, finished plan right. that God had for, for right. the human race, for us as his people, mm-hmm. will move on into that glorification phase mm-hmm. of our salvation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, living again in his peace mm-hmm. and his rest. Uh, but that never still growing. We're still learning. Mm-hmm. We're still explore, We're still in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're at home. Right. <laughs> like you said, we're right. at home. And, and he does talk about uh, Abel brought a sacrifice. He talks about all of these heroes of faith. Uh, Sarah was able to have a child even when, when she was old and barren. Abraham offered up his son Isaac. Uh, faith in Joseph believed God was going to take him back to the promised land and so he had him don't bury me carry my bones back to the promised land so they talked about all these men and women that we see as walking by faith thanks folks for joining us tonight here on the Bible Live we'll see you next Sunday night as we begin the book of Ezekiel bye bye Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture mailing address is 88 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 9.30 on this great station Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Quiz Show Visit our website Bible Live Live Broadcast You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.